Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy Long Beast Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it again. I'm back at it again, man. Listen, we got quite a bit to discuss today. Ooh, a lot of rumors swirling around in the New York Jets. Dalvin Cook, uh, this rumor swirling. Supposedly uh, the Jets are looking to make a deal with him and get him into the building. All right? Everybody talking about him becoming a New York Jet. This is shocking. So we're going to be discussing that rumor today as well, and if anyone actually believes it. We're also going to be talking about Jets OTAs, okay? A lot of things going on as well. Had a good day today, okay? Aaron Rodgers, a lot of talk about him, and Zach Wilson as well. Sella also had a lot to say about different things as well. Quentin Williams, left tackle position. So we're going to be discussing all of that. Let me go ahead and get into the show. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. Your boy is also on iTunes, okay? Go on over to iTunes, okay? Type in The Long Beach Joe Show, okay? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to it, all right? And leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here, all right? Also, leave your boy a five-star rating as well, okay? I want to thank everyone that does that. I really appreciate, uh, you know, the feedback and the ratings and everything. Really, uh, really makes my day especially when I'm hearing, you know, back and forth from people that are from overseas or far away from me, right? I'm always shocked that people listen to me from overseas. So salutes to everybody in the U.K., uh, Afghanistan. I have people listening to me from Australia, Ireland, all right? Anyone from over there, Germany, okay, salutes to everybody. All right, I want to thank you all as well. And uh, Again, everybody salutes to everybody that listens to me worldwide, okay? But uh, it's always shocking to hear that. So, I'm also on YouTube as well, for those of you that do not know, okay? A lot of people hit me up, and they be like, Joe, we didn't know, you know, we didn't know you did the show live. You know, got great takes, really like what you bring to the table when you cover the Jets, but, man, you're a handsome guy. I like what you're doing over there. I just say thank you. I'm not a cocky guy. You know, I'm not arrogant. I work with what I got, right? And, uh, yeah, we're over here on YouTube. So if you're listening on the podcast or you know, on Blog Talk Radio, again, Blog Talk Radio, backslash Long Beach Joe, okay? If you're listening over there, come on over to YouTube, type in, okay, Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, type that on in, and uh, come on over and watch the show live. Subscribe, hit that notification bell, give the video a thumbs up, you know, get involved with everything that we're doing over here, especially with my chat. I call my chat the savages. You want to know why? Because they're savage. Listen, those people, those savages in the chat, they don't care about anything. They care about me. Well, they care about me, but they don't care about nothing else. But keep in mind, I am not even above reproach, okay? They will give it to anybody. If they don't like your takes, if they don't like what you bring into the table, They'll let you have it, you know, and I'm included in the they'll let you have it part, all right? <laughs> and they disagree with my takes, they let me know, all right? 
So uh, come on by, get involved. Long Beach Joe, Long Beach Joe Jets, come on by, get involved, subscribe, hit that notification bell, like, uh, you know, the videos, and, and, and comment. All right, get involved. I'm also on Twitter as well, at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe on Twitter. Follow that, uh, follow that, that profile. And uh, check me out, you know, and talk to you, boy, because I'll talk back, all right? Now it is time to get into it. Listen, the Jets have a lot of things going on, all right? There's rumors swirling, a lot of things afoot, okay? And we're going to discuss it all. But before we get there, as everyone knows, I am a huge Jets fan, right? That's what this entire show is about. That's what this is all about, okay? (laughs) You know, I I love the green and white. I go to MetLife when I can. But a lot of people don't know that I am not from the East Coast. I am not. I didn't grow up in New York. I didn't grow up in, in Queens. I didn't grow up in Jersey. None of that. I am a West Coast guy, all right, born and raised. Long Beach, California, not Long Beach. Uh, I know there's a city of Long Beach on the East Coast. No, I'm from the Long Beach on the West Coast, okay? I love it. The weather, the women, you know, the great vibes. That's what's going on here. No disrespect to anyone else, but this is what I know, and this is what I love. And so when I talk to people about being a Jets fan, they're often shocked when I tell them that I'm not from the East Coast. But I also run into people all the time that are Jets fans as well that aren't on the East Coast either, right? Some of them are in different places. And I want to connect with them, okay? And so tonight we're going to have Michael Larson of the San Diego Jets Fan Club come on the show and talk to us about what it's like being a Jets fan in San Diego. He's going to discuss with us what they're doing in San Diego, how they get together, and show love for the football team. Michael, I want to welcome you to the show. How are you feeling tonight, my friend? I'm good, Joe. How's it been a year already? (laughs) I'm telling you, time is flying, isn't it? It just goes by so fast, right? Yeah, no doubt. I think this is my fifth or sixth year with you on the show. I love being here. I Mm -hmm. I just cannot believe it's been a year already. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it's just, Things are just moving so fast. But I tell you what, man, I want you to share with my audience about what made you become a New York Jets fan, right? That's a question I get all the time, and I give them my answer. How did you come to love this football team as much as you do? Well, like you, I'm not an East Coaster. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. My grandfather had huge ties to the San Francisco Seals. She hung out with Joe DiMaggio quite a bit before DiMaggio went to the Yankees. They were friends in their 80s. Joe DiMaggio introduced my grandfather to Joe Namath. So we heard Yankees, Jets stories all growing up. My youngest brother stayed with Joe. He was Joe Montana guy, Niner guy. I went with the Jets on that side. And the rest is history. Man, what a story. (laughs) You got introduced to Joe Namath. Whoa, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sure that was huge. Man, what are some of those stories? Break down some of those stories that you heard all the time, just about that Yankee and Jets connection there. Some of it might not be too appropriate for your show. Oh, what? (laughs) My uh, my grandfather was a big-time gambler in his day. He loved gambling. He was was an umpire um, all the way up through AAA. So there was a lot of conversations about who should we bet on today, who do you not bet mm-hmm. on today, you know, those those types mm-hmm. of things going on. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I feel you, Michael. Listen, everybody I know, everybody does their own thing there. But, yeah. So when you look at the situation, right, you talk about being a guy on the West Coast. You grew up in that, in that Bay Area. Now you're down there in San Diego. How did your fan club come about? You know, how did you guys get together and decide to band together and, and show love for the team and have that unity? So our two original founding guys were both East Coasters, both huge Jets fans and Mets fans. And they started the club back in 2000, and it actually was in the house of one of our original founders, Rocco. Everybody met at his house. As the group got bigger and bigger, obviously Rocco's house can't hold as many fans, so we started branching out to local restaurants and bars, and et cetera. And because we're a Navy town, we get a lot of people from all over come to San Diego. Yep. And so you get a lot of surfers yep. who come out here. They'll come in for a game or two, and then, you know, they get shipped out again. It's just great to have fans from everywhere coming in. And then there's, I want to say, 40 to 50 of us who meet every week religiously. And the better the team is, the more that come. Unfortunately, we haven't been that great lately. So, you know, the numbers dwindle. It's It's bound to happen. So where can people kind of meet with you folks? Because things are now turning around, Michael, as you know. We'll talk about that in a second. But when you guys hang out or how you guys get together and communicate, where can people get involved with what you're doing? Is there a certain bar that you folks meet at? Is there a Facebook page they can get in contact with you? Where's all your social media and all that stuff? So we have the Facebook and we have IG, San Diego Jets fans, plural, we meet at a bar called Taste and Thirst. It's in the gas lamp in downtown. They get that name Taste and Thirst because their food ranks in the top three every year in all the different categories for food. Their food is legit. Mm. We have a lot of games this year at night and late afternoons, and they do a Sunday happy hours and evening happy hours. So we're going to be looking at having some good drink and food specials as well this season. What's the what's their like in your opinion? What is the best thing that they serve there? I'm a food guy, so you know what I'm saying. I, and when I slide through there, I want to make sure I, I get the best dish that I can get. What is like your personal favorite from there? Well, I'll give you two. A lot of the a lot of the guys like the, the East Coast style bagel with the the egg. That that's just a, a big one. The sandwich. I like the Taste TNT burger, and that has onion rings two types of cheese, jalapenos, and mozzarella cheese sticks. It is Ooh. ridiculous and amazingly okay. tasty. Yeah, that sounds like a good time right there. That's what I'm talking about, Michael. Point me in the right direction. That's all I'm saying. That sounds real good. Well, we need to get you down so, for a game. you you got to come down I'm to San Diego and hang out with us at least once. I am tr- – man, my schedule's wild. I'll be trying – listen, I'm going to try to slide down there. San Diego is beautiful as well. I've been there before. The beaches, the women, just the scenery, the whole city, everything. It's just so beautiful, and it's so alive down there. I love it. I love that culture down there as well. Surfing, all kinds of crazy things. Don't get me going here, Michael, because I'll, I'll start talking about the shenanigans that goes on down there. A lot of fun. A lot oh, of fun. No, we, won't, uh, we, won't, we won't go to that. We'll, we'll save that for when you and I meet face-to-face. <laughs> But I'm talking about it, y'all. Don't get me started because I get going and I won't <laughs> stop. Listen, so when we're we're talking about you being in San Diego, man, like I, we just discussed, there's a lot of beautiful things going on down there. 
There's also a you know, pretty crazy fan, or used to be a pretty crazy fan base. I'm pretty sure that the Chargers are still pretty big down there. But uh, I remember coming down there when they were in San Diego, and it was rabid. I went to a game down there where the Jets played them, and boy, was it crazy. I mean, they let you know from the beginning to the end that you're in a, you were well, at the time you were in Charger country. So now I'm pretty sure there's different fans down there. I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of different fans as well, Niners fans, uh, you know, Raiders fans. They're crazy as well. There's Chargers fans around me as well. What is it like being a Jets fan now down there? You know, when you're walking around with your green and white jersey on, do they give you any guff about it? Well, the San Diego Chargers fan base has diminished quite a bit, actually. And the bars used to be so packed with Charger fans, you know, because we'd always play at 10 a.m. out here, and the Chargers always played at 1. So, you know, they, they, they'd rib us a little bit. We, we get that. You know, we go back and forth, have some fun with it. But it's not like that anymore. A lot of Charger fans just said, I'm done with football when they left. So that being, that being said, we don't get a lot of ribbing when we wear the green and white, because the other bars down here, a lot of them are Niner bars. There are some Raider bars. We don't really have a, a history with the Raiders as big as we do with the Chargers because we played them in the playoffs off and on for the last what, 12, 12 or 14 years or whatever it's been, and we, when we beat them. One of the yeah. big reasons the Chargers got to the point where <clears throat> more than half the stadium was the opposing team's fans, and that really just it really diminished the, the, the Charger vibe and that, that whole home crowd association. Mm-hmm. So it, it, much of the people here hated it, it did make sense for them to move when they did. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when that happened. It, there was a lot of talk, and maybe you can speak to a bit more about this, but I knew Chargers fans that were huge. I'm talking big Chargers fans that felt like they had been betrayed, uh, felt like the, yeah. the team just kind of dipped and dumped out on him. And, and I remember speaking to a Charger fan that was really close to me. He said, listen, I supported them when the team was – when they were bad, when we knew that uh, we might scrape to get the playoffs, but we're not going anywhere. And now, you know, it looks like they just bolted on us. They took off, went to L.A., and it's like, hey, you just left us high and dry. We supported you when, when things weren't going so well, and now you're up and gone the second that you can go somewhere else that you feel like is a bigger market. You know what? I'm done. And like you said as well, I, I knew Chargers fans that were, again, I'm talking SD through and through, and they took those jerseys off and threw them in the trash. I mean, do, 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 do the Chargers fans down there feel the exact same way the Chargers fans that I spoke yes. to as well? Yes, absolutely. We actually had bonfire parties where people were bringing their jerseys to burn. It was that it was that crazy here, and you know those of us that have lived down here for a long time, we had always said if the Chargers really want a new stadium, they should have asked in '95 or '96, because they were good. The San Humphrey era, they went to the Super Bowl. That's when they should have asked, but they didn't. The Padres asked for a stadium when they lost to the Yankees in the 2000 World Series, and the following year they started building. The Chargers didn't talk about a stadium until two years before they left, and at that point they really had no leverage because more than 50% of the fans were away fans. The city can say this and that about, you know, trying to get zoning and da-da-da-da-da, but really what it really boils down to is they just didn't have enough of their own fans. That's just point blank how it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sucked to see, but I tell you what, you know, (laughs) 
they've they've definitely been able to make some changes and make some moves as well to kind of upgrade their team. They got a young quarterback in Herbert. They've built around him. That Chargers team is looking, you know, they're looking all right. They're going to continue to to build around here. But I'll tell you what, I know we've discussed quite a bit. Again, we're speaking with Michael Larson of the San Diego Jets fan club. We talked about your club, Michael, but I want to talk to you about this football team because there's so much that we have going on here with the New York Jets, so many changes that we've made. But one of the biggest changes, one of the biggest things that I think has happened to our franchise in recent years, one of the biggest things, is us being able to acquire a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Man, Michael, we've been looking for a quarterback for I don't know how long. The names go on and on, Sam Darnold, Bryce Petty, Christian Hacker, all these guys, right? Even Zach Wilson to this point. And, again, I'm not ready to close the door on him, but we'll see what happens going forward with him. But, man, now we got Aaron Rodgers in the building. And it just seems like a big that, – that big boulder is just off of our shoulders with him being here. Give me your thoughts about Aaron Rodgers being in the Jets jersey. How does it feel, my friend? So I'll do, I'll do you one better. When we lost to Minnesota last year, mm-hmm. I sat in a corner for over an hour because that told me our season is over. I knew mm. that's it. It's, it's over. We need help. And I remember walking around the bar the following week telling people, there is only one veteran quarterback that I would die to have if, capital if, he's motivated to mm. play. And yeah. everybody in my bar thought I was going with the expatriate. And I said, no, no, Aaron Rodgers, he's done in Green Bay. We can see it. Writing's on the wall. If he's motivated, I want that guy so bad on this team. And a lot of the Jets fans in the group said the same thing. If he's motivated, oh, God, please. And when I watched mm-hmm. that Pat McAfee show and watched the, how his eyes were lighting up talking about playing again, I knew if we don't sign this guy, it's going to be a huge mistake. I'm not sorry, sign this. Yeah. We don't trade for him. It's going to be a huge mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is so nice to have him. And when you mentioned Zach Wilson, Here's the problem with that Give me whole scenario. Outside of, how he, outside of how he plays, they mm-hmm. have to make the decision on the fifth-year option after this upcoming season. Well, if he doesn't mm-hmm. ever see the field, there's no way he gets that fifth-year option, and why would they extend him? Hmm. I think he's okay. done in New York, this, unfortunately, that, that, for him. Okay, okay. And, and that's a, I, listen, Michael, I hear you. I hear you, right? But here's my thoughts on this. When you look at what they can do with him, I think that they could extend him. There's a there's a quarterback name escapes him right now. He's a young guy uh, that just I think it was Love that just got extended recently, right? They gave him a year more on his contract, work some things out. When you look at Zach Wilson, and this is just my opinion, the coaching staff has said through hell or high water they're going to coach him and get the best out of him, giving him a fifth year option. He's under Aaron Rodgers, who literally is his idol, right? When we did those. Um, joint practices. Remember uh, him and Aaron Rodgers yep. built a great rapport. They talked to each other. They were, if you look at Zach Wilson, he has all the physical skills to make it in the NFL. That's one of the toughest things to find in a quarterback. A quarterback that physically has it together, that's pretty tough to find. But the mental problems, the, the not being able to recognize things quick enough, not understanding how to check out how, out of things, not not having everything that he needs to have down as far as diagnosing a defense, that's his biggest issue. And it, he seems so skittish, and he lacks so much confidence because of that, it completely destroys his play, and we've seen that, right? He, he even talked it about does. it during it the does. Him, Yeah, 
Yeah, it, you, it he even talked about not he had about having no confidence. He talked about it, and the coaching staff talked about it as well that he lacked confidence during the season. That's why he was getting benched, deactivated, all that stuff. Right now, with Aaron Rodgers, a lot of it here. Go ahead, go ahead, a go lot ahead. of it's going to come down to how long does Aaron Rodgers play for us, though. Because, mm-hmm. and yeah, I say and, that, and I, the longer this team is competitive, I think the longer Rodgers will play. If, you, if we get three years out of Rodgers, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson's not going to touch the field for four years. Now we're having a different conversation. It, I, I, I only well, think if Aaron Rodgers is a one-year rental, it's because we win the Super Bowl. If we win the Super Bowl next mm-hmm. year and he leaves, I, retires, fine, we would all celebrate that. But I'd love to have a, a three-year run with Aaron Rodgers. But but even three years would put Zach Wilson, right? And, again, there's things that they could work out. They can do extensions if, if he's open to staying here, all of those things. I think that that was one of the best things that can happen to Zach Wilson. It would allow him to sit down behind a veteran, not just a veteran quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and learn the game from the bench. Because uh, uh, along is with all the things we heard with his confidence, one, another thing that we heard about from Michael LaFleur before we got rid of him and even from, I think it was Joe Douglas recently, speaking about how it would have benefited Zach Wilson to sit behind somebody and that maybe throwing him out there immediately was not the best thing for him. And what's crazy is, again, Michael LaFleur said that first before they got him up out of here. So Yeah, and maybe, one of the worst it, things that could have happened, you and I talked mm-hmm. about this last year, one of the worst things that could happen for Zach Wilson is how much success the team was having mm-hmm. at the beginning of this year. Because when mm-hmm. we lost Brees and AVT in the span of, I think yep. it was five or six plays, if I'm not mistaken, that yep. team nosedived after that. Yeah. But, uh, again, allowing Zach to sit behind a guy, learn, figure things out. And, again, we have a new offensive coordinator as well. So he gets to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, who literally helped build this offense with Nathaniel Hackett, learn the offense from a brand-new offensive coordinator who's going to be able to highlight his skill set, do what he does best, then he gets to sit behind a guy in Aaron Rodgers that can tell him the ins and outs from being on the field, a player perspective, from his position. Look, this is what you need to be seeing. This is what I see. Do this, do that. Teach him to be a pro. Aaron Rodgers has already talked about that as well, making his life heaven off the field while, because they said that Zach Wilson is going to make his life hell on yep. the field. But he's going to make his life heaven off the field. So all these things, I think, do nothing but bode well for Zach Wilson. I think that this is a great situation right. for him. I'm telling you, Mike, right. that's, that's honestly what I, and I, and I, did, that could, I, I've gotten destroyed for saying that people, just like yourself, I do this show on a weekly basis and people call in and say that we should just cut Zach Wilson. Don't even try to trade him. There's no value. Just cut him. And I'm like, I hear you, but I don't think the coaching staff cut. does that. Look at how high we drafted yeah. him. I think they're going to give this kid a chance behind Aaron Rodgers to figure things out and then allow him to come out and do his thing. Go ahead. I'll give you the final word on that. You know, I, I agree. We don't 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 cut him because some desperate team mm. would give up something in, in drafts going into next year if they realize Rogers gonna be here for a while. That being said, mm. the best thing that could happen to this team is if they gave him an extension whenever Rogers retires, if Zach Wilson's really learned that much and we get mm. four years beyond Aaron Rodgers with Zach Wilson playing well, it's a big if, but if that happens that would be the best thing that could happen for this team because they're not going to give a big contract to a guy going into a fifth-year option yeah. and the following year if he's not playing. He would actually be making less than he did on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. But all that, yeah. be, all that being said, that's a big if. No, listen, I hear you. And, again, 
Again, that's just my take on him. I'm not saying he's a world beater. Zach has, you know, a, he has a, a bit to go. He's got to figure things out. But I don't think they're necessarily done with him yet. But we'll see. Again, Aaron Rodgers here has just been a great uplift for the New York Jets. But I'll tell you what, there's also a lot of things, other things that we've done as well in free agency. We've brought in guys like Alan Lazard, right, Nicole Hardman. We've made some moves. Michael, when you look at some of the free agency signings that we've had, what is your favorite free agent signing we've had this, this current offseason? So my favorite is the one we kept keeping Quincy because we don't have a whole lot of depth behind him mm. and C.J. Mosley. Quan Alexander still still okay. out there. We don't know if he's, what's going to happen. So and mm-hmm. and to keep Quinnen happy to bring his brother back, and still figuring mm-hmm. out figuring out when they're going to extend Quinnen because they would be fools not to. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you something that's technically not a free agent player. It's bringing in Nathaniel Hackett. Mm, okay, being, talk to me. Talk Aaron, to me. Aaron Rodgers. Me. Aaron Rodgers doesn't come here. Number one, if Nathaniel Hackett's not here, they're such good friends. Lazard may not be coming here if we didn't have Nathaniel Hackett. There's no way Dalvin Cook, and I know you were mentioning this earlier, would even consider yeah, coming here without Nathaniel Hackett because there would be no Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. And how many times have we seen Rodgers in Green Bay when Devontae was on the outside covered and Lazard was covered, and he would just have guys standing in the middle of the field, wide open, nobody around, and just be able to pick teams apart in that soft zone. That's what Hardman does best. Yeah. That's who Hardman is. And you, you get that off as a fourth receiver. None of, this, none of this comes together if they don't bring Hackett in here. If they still have LaFleur, none of this happens. Yeah. No, listen, I'm excited for uh, Nathaniel Hackett as well. For all the reasons that you named, you know, of course, him, us having him really helped us get Aaron Rodgers. He's talked about it. He's the yes. coach that really, you know, Aaron Rodgers is very, very close to. I think he called him one of the – or his favorite coach of all time out of all the guys that, you know, have have been in his corner as far as trying to get him to understand the game and teach him the game and help put things together as far as, you know, from a coaching standpoint – but I'll tell you what, man, I'm excited to just about his game plan. And when you look at what he's been able to do, and I always talk about his time with Jacksonville, listen, mm-hmm. that quarterback in Jacksonville, Blake Bortles was awful. And he was able yes, he was. to kind of turn him around. That's, again, what makes me think that he'll be able to get the best out of Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, I'm not even worried about. I'm be, I know people are, and I will be talking about that tonight as well. I know people are like, well, Joe, he's got to go out. Listen, it's Aaron Rodgers, bro. Not worried about that. Okay, he's yeah. gonna go out there yeah. and be Aaron Rodgers. Not worried about that. He was but the MVP all... in 2021 and 2020, and the only reason he was bad last year was because he had a broken thumb on his throwing hand. Anybody who's ever tried yeah. to throw a football with a broken thumb on your throwing hand, good luck. <laughs> yeah. So, but again, when we talk about again, not only again, he's gonna get the best out of Aaron Rodgers. They put that offense together with their running now, but when you look at the situation with how he's going to be able to help Zach Wilson, if he can help Blake Bortles have a great season, he can damn sure help Zach Wilson put some things together. But another thing that I love about Nathaniel Hackett as well, the running game he was able to put together in Jacksonville. Everybody knew that uh, Fournette was going to get the ball, and they couldn't do nothing about it. And everywhere he's been, there's been a great running game. When the New York Jets were dominant, when we were going to playoffs and we were just destroying people, we were running the football. If you can run the football effectively in this league, if you can just implement your wheel, 
on the next man utilizing the running game, you're going to go far in this league. So that's one of the things that I'm excited about with Nathaniel Hackett as well. That's a, that's a good mention right there, Michael. Now, when you look at the situation, I got to ask you, and it's going to be my final question for you before I let you go. Dalvin Cook, a lot of rumors about him coming to the New York Jets, rumors swirling, things happening. What are your thoughts about this situation, man? Would you be open to the idea of Dalvin Cook becoming a New York Jet? Only one way I would be okay with this. Talk to me. If they go to, if they go to Quinn and Williams and say, <laughs> we're giving you your extension and we want to make this work with Dalvin Cook. Because, and then this is why I say that. If they're going to okay. bring in Dalvin Cook, he's talented, absolutely, which means odds are Bam Knight and very possibly Michael Carter are gone. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. But you want to get $10 million to a guy to be your second or third running back because they drafted Izzy, and then you're going to sit there mm-hmm. and tell Quinn and we're not going to pay you right now? That makes no sense to me. Mm. It just doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Listen, I hear your take. Again, these rumors are swirling going to be speaking about that. Oh, you know what? Before I let you go, let me give you – this is my last question for you, actually. The draft. Give me your favorite draft pick uh, from our recent draft. I did a live draft show. Will McDonald was the pick in the first round. And let me tell you something. Every Most Jets fans that I talked to weren't fans of it, all right? I liked Will McDonald. I thought it was a solid pick. It was surprising. I will tell you that I did not have the Jets taking him. But uh, especially after Broderick Jones went off the board, there was a lot of moving and shaking, a lot of confusion. How did you feel about the Jets draft quickly, and what was your favorite Jets draft pick of this recent draft? My favorite pick, because of what we needed, was Tipman. Mm, we needed okay. a center. They only signed McGovern for one more year. We, had, we were loaded at when we got Kevin Mawai backed right up by Nick Mangold. We had the best centers in the mm. game for 20-plus years. And they all mm. liked Joe Tittman. Watching the Flight 23 Ascension, the second one, talking about the draft and how much every single person in that room said Tittman, Tittman, Tittman. That mm. was the one we needed the most. The Will, the Will McDonald, he wasn't used the same way the Jets want to use him last year at Iowa State. Um, I had no real issue with the pick because pass rushers are a premium. And if you get one, yeah. that's gold. And he went to school with Brees. So... How is that a bad thing to bring in a rookie who's playing with one of the best players on our team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. This this recent Jets draft, Joe Tittman for me, that was a guy that was key as well. I mean, that's a big boy, man. He gets his hands on you, you're finished. Okay? You're finished. And he's going to rock that mullet. Oh, man. Him, him and Phoenix oh, rocking man. that mullet. Yeah, you know. I'm telling you, he's going to rock a lot of people on the field as well, Michael. Listen, yes. before I let you go, I want you to give me or give my audience just every way that they can get in contact with you folks as well, the address to where you folks meet up. So just in case they're in San Diego, which I hope to be soon, to enjoy a game with you folks and uh, have a lot of fun, give, give all the information to the audience, please. No problem. So we go to a bar. It's called Taste and Thirst. It's in the gas lamp downtown. 715 4th Avenue. Our Facebook, SD Jets Fans. Our Instagram, SD Jets Fans. You can find us there. Or San Diego Jets Fans. And we have my my, my uh, co-leader. He is the wizard with social media. So everything that gets updated on our social media, that's, that's Gabe all day. I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. 
not my world. He's a rock star at it, and we love him doing it for us. Listen, Michael, it's been phenomenal speaking with you. I'm going to thank you for coming on tonight. You have yourself a good night, my friend. Thanks, Joe. I look forward to it again later. Absolutely. You have a good one. Listen, what a phenomenal, phenomenal interview with Michael Larson of the San Diego Jets fan club. If you're in San Diego, again, get involved with them any way you can. Listen, now it is time to get into it. Again, we got callers, Ted, Val, Monty, I see you. Okay, salutes. We're going to get to everybody. Okay, please be patient. New callers as well. Be patient. We're going to get to everybody. Quickly, salutes again to all the savages in the chat. Brief fanatic salutes. He says, I can't wait to hear your origin story, Joe. I'll share it with you guys again later. All right? NY Jets FL, Jets Turbulence, I see you. I see you. Salutes to everybody, all right? Now it is time to talk because we got a lot going on, and we're going to be discussing it. Dalvin Cook, we're also going to be discussing Jets OTAs as well. We're going to get to the callers very shortly. I just want to quickly go over what's going on here in these rumors surrounding Dalvin Cook, all right? I was just as shocked as everybody else, but this is uh, something that is uh, really uh, burning right now, all right? A lot of people pushing this rumor that uh, Dalvin Cook could possibly become a New York Jet. Now, we all know that Dalvin Cook has been in contract discussions with the Minnesota Vikings, all right? But those contract discussions look like they've kind of broken down. And there's a lot of talk about the Vikings behind the scenes looking to trade him, okay? Now, keep in mind, Dalvin Cook is – a very good running back in this league, all right? He's had 1,000 yards. He's had over 1,000 yards, excuse me, since 2019, all right? I think last year he ran for over 1,100 yards, had eight touchdowns. This guy's the real deal, okay? He's the business, all right? He's also been to four Pro Bowls since 2019. He was in a Pro Bowl last year as well, all right? So this guy really handles business, all right? Now, there was a lot of talk about the Vikings trying to trade him to the Dolphins that the Dolphins were trying to acquire him and they were trying to figure things out, but there was nothing really shaked out about that deal. Nothing ever came to fruition. And then all of a sudden there's talk about the New York Jets becoming the team that has made a push for him and that's where he wants to be, all right? There was also talk about the Buffalo Bills being in the running as well for him. The Jets were the stronger team that he wanted to go to. All right, I'm all about it. We got Aaron Rodgers. Of course, he's looking over here and seeing what we're doing. Got a good coach. And he's like, hey, I want to make things happen, all right? The Jets got a solid foundation. They got a great quarterback. They got weapons, all that other stuff. I'm pretty sure if I was him, I want to be a New York Jet as well, right? Time is now, okay? Do what the cool kids are doing, and that's what he wants to do. Now, when you look at the situation, right, the rumor includes that the New York Jets have already made a deal with him, which is a little uh, weird to say, right? Now, apparently, the deal that is on the table that has pretty much already been signed off by Dalvin Cook is a one-year deal for $10 or $11 million, okay? Keep in mind, he's making $14 million with the Vikings in 2023 if they decide to keep him on the roster. As of right now, okay, and I'm live, I am live, okay, and we're talking Jets here live on a Tuesday night. As of right now, he is still on the Minnesota Vikings roster. So that's what kind of makes this situation for me a little uh, odd, okay, or there's rumor a little odd. Because when you talk about a deal kind of already being out there for Dalvin Cook, that would involve you tampering with him. That's against the NFL tampering rules, okay? And if you look at the New York Jets and this office, this staff, they are very careful when it comes to that, okay? I remember a time when there was a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers becoming a New York Jet. 
all right? A lot of people were having discussions about him, and I remember he was brought up during a, 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 a talk with the media that Sella was having, and Sella went so far to not even mention his name, okay? He said, listen, <laughs> they asked him about Aaron Rodgers. He said, whoa, listen, that guy, that player is on another team. I don't really want to discuss that, okay? But he's a good player. That's pretty much what he said. That summed it up. He's pretty much a good player, all right? But I'm not going to discuss that. He already knew what time it was. So to sit back and say that there's a deal already in place, when they're so, they're so careful publicly, and I'm very sure privately, to stay out of those situations because you will get smacked if you get caught tampering. We've seen teams in the NFL get smacked before, get things taken away from them, get fines as well. I don't know about that situation. But I tell you what, the New York Jets have over $24 million in cap space. We've restructured contracts from Lawson to Whitehead. JFM got restructured as well. There are other restructures that can be on the way too. There's talks about Aaron Rodgers also reworking his contract to give the New York Jets money back to continue to build around him. And I've been talking about all of this cap saving, all of these things we're doing. Is this going to lead to some type of big move? I've been talking about it. I talked about D-Hop, right? I'm a big fan of DeAndre Hopkins. Some people uh, didn't like that. Some people loved it, right? I'm wondering, all this cap savings, what, do, what, is, what are we going to do with all this? Is all of this just going to roll over to Quentin Williams? Or do the Jets have something else in play, something else in plan? Maybe this could be the big move, right? Maybe this could be the big move. I don't know. But then you also look at the New York Jets running back situation. Brees Hall, phenomenal. He was probably going to be the guy if he would have continued his pace for the rest of the year and it never got hurt. He might have been the offensive rookie of the year, right? Of course, we still got the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson. But even Garrett Wilson himself has said, listen, that boy, that boy, Brees, nice. <laughs> he said it, that boy, Brees, is nice, okay? So maybe he would have been the offensive rookie of the year, but he did end up getting hurt. So he's coming back from his ACL. But everything that we're hearing and even seeing, Brees Hall looks phenomenal already. Uh, they've talked about not rushing him back. They don't want to do too much. But, man, we saw a video of Brees Hall doing jump cuts and drills. Bro, he looked like the same Brees Hall he was before he got hurt. So when you look at the situation, if you're out and adding Dalvin Cook, if this is true, and we're adding Dalvin Cook to this back trio, oh, boy. You add Cook to this backfield, and it becomes a nightmare for our defenses, right? And then if you look at it from a situation where Maybe the New York Jets want to continue to work Brees Hall in, not even too much too early, allow Dalvin Cook, if this rumor is true, give the ball to Dalvin Cook early, let him do his thing because he's still a good back in this league, and then maybe later in the year you really feed Brees Hall when you're feeling extremely confident. He's, he's good. He's ready to go. You know that knee is fully ready to, to handle all of the, you know, the carries that you want him to get. That would be a plan that would be deadly. Right, But then you look at the other guys, Michael Carter, who I'm big on. I'm big on Michael Carter. I think he's phenomenal. What happens to him? What happens to his role if Dalvin Cook is a guy that's brought in? This is a guy that has tremendous ability as well. You look back, right, his rookie season, he carried us through some games. All right, you go back and you look at that Bengals game, listen, you give Michael Carter the rock, he can make some things happen. All right? Then you also got Bam Knight on the roster, who's a guy that's definitely shown us some ability. And then we just drafted Izzy, okay, Israel Abanakanda. We just drafted him. This is a guy that's been talked about as being able to come in and give the New York Jets significant contribution in his first year. Where does he go if you bring in Dalvin Cook? Why bring in Dalvin Cook when you have all of these young backs 
with extreme potential. Why give him 10 or $11 million as well when there's other things you can utilize that money to address on this football team? Those are questions. Those are questions that I have. So I don't know. I don't know about this, uh, this rumor, but it is uh, titillating, okay? <laughs> it is very, uh, very interesting, I will say that, okay? Very, very interesting to hear about this circulating in the media circles. So we're going to be discussing that tonight, all right? We're going to get to these lines again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Okay, please give the stream a thumbs up if you have not already. Subscribe if you have not subscribed. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. All right? I want to thank everybody that does that. Also, if you want to give to the platform, Super Chat is there. Cash App is at the bottom of the screen. Anything you give to the platform is greatly appreciated. All right? Also, when you call in, please make sure your phone lines are good for my new callers. I don't want to – if I can't hear you or you sound like you're in a wind tunnel – I'm going to have to move on, all right? Also, when you call in, do not curse. I do not allow cursing on my platform. I'll get you out of here fast. I'm talking fast, all right? Faster we got gays out of here. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if Adam Gaze was our offensive coordinator? He's flushed. Oh, I'm glad that nightmare is over. Just hearing about Le'Veon Bell speaking about him and running dives. Oh, my God. We're going to get to these lines again, 515-602-9639. We're talking Jets. We're talking uh, Dalvin Cook to the Jets. We're talking Jets OTAs as well. All right? There's a lot of things going on, moving and shaking is there. Aaron Rodgers is out there looking good. Zach Wilson continues to shine. Sulla also said that there's no mini camps. I got some questions about that as well. And Q's deal, Sella's confident that Q's deal is going to get done. He's confident. He's saying he's going to be in there before training camp. We'll see what's going on. We're getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Salute to the Savages. First caller that I'm going to is my guy, Ted. I'm coming directly to Ted, Val, Monty, other callers. Hold on. We'll get to you guys in a second. We got to get to Ted. Salute to you, Ted. I want to thank you for calling in. Before we let him talk, though, we got to let everybody know Ted, he's a savage. Damn, Ted, you are a savage. Salute, Ted. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. It's always, always great to talk to you. Listen, we're going to start it off with the start off. There's rumors mm-hmm. about Dalvin Cook, okay? possibly becoming a Jet. What are your thoughts about this? Is this something that you want to see? Do you believe this rumor? How do you feel about it? Let me know. Hey, Joe. Good evening. Good evening to everybody in the chat and all your listeners. Uh, one step back real quick, Joe. You happened to mention Adam Gase and Le'Veon Bell, and we know now we know where, you know, potentially Adam Gase connection from where he signed Le'Veon because Adam Gase was, uh, you know, definitely possibly on something <laughs> at some point. <laughs> in his press conferences. Um, I would love to have Devin Cook, Joe. I'd love to have him, but at a certain price. And I would certainly ask Aaron Rodgers how he feels about 
uh, Dalvin Cook because he's played him twice last year. So he definitely would have a mm-hmm. good idea what his level of play, um, you know, where he's at is in his level of play. But, Joe, I'm mm-hmm. interested in – I'm actually interested, Joe, in Yannick Ngakwe, but I don't know if he'll sign with us. He wants to sign with mm-hmm. the defender. Um, mm-hmm. We are a contender. We may not be the Chiefs. Um, I would look at him. I would look at Frank Clark. I think yeah. we could add two, two, you know, potentially premier passers in this defense. And mm-hmm. real quick, Joe, based on the Salah press conference today, Dwayne Brown's the starting left tackle. And Carl we're going to have double digit sacks. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're going to have gonna double digit sacks. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get to that in a second. We're going to get to yes, that sir. in a second because I, 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 you know. Got to get my time in, Joe. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I already heard it, but let's let's just go back to Dalvin Cook just really quickly. I hear what you're saying, yeah. right? So you'd be interested in yeah. Dalvin Cook coming into the building, being a New York Jets running back. Now, when you look at the situation they're talking about, again, this rumor is spoken about paying Dalvin Cook one year deal, ten or eleven million dollars. Are you willing hmm. to give him that type of money? Uh, depending on the other signings and signing Quinnen, potentially yes. Especially knowing okay. uh, that's the kind of piece we could utilize and would maybe need if we make a deep run in the playoffs. We have to have depth in case of injuries. Okay. Um, okay. And we certainly, yep. certainly have to have fresh players. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Yeah. So now when you talk yep. about depth, and it's very interesting, you add him here, that gives us five backs. Well, actually six when you look at Die as well. Uh, he's currently on mm-hmm. the roster. And they said he had a you know decent day out there as well in OTAs. Dude, who are you getting rid of? Because I can't even see the New York Jets carrying five backs, right? Somebody's got to go. Is Michael Carter mm-hmm. the guy you're moving on from? Are you getting rid of Bam Knight? Who's gone? Because you just drafted Izzy, right? There's no way you could be talking about getting rid of him. I would think he, him and Brees are probably the safest guys. So who are you getting rid mm-hmm. of? Bam Knight, Michael Carter? Pick one. I agree 100%. You'd have to pick one of those two probably. And then pro- I would probably have to pick Michael Carter based on his injury. Wow. I don't know if he was hurt or okay. uh, may have to pick him and maybe there's some upside in Bam. I don't know. He's shown flashes. But why, why Michael Carter, though, Ted? Michael Carter, I mean, outside of Brees Hall, really, Michael Carter is the guy that's shown the most ability, you know, to come out the backfield yeah. and catch the football. Right? He's the guy he that's Joe. Come... Woo. Yeah. Give me your thoughts. I, I'm yeah, saying, I got Michael you. Carter, you get rid of him, that, that puts a big question mark. I mean, look, Dalvin Cook is phenomenal. He is. Mm-hmm. But, again, he's a mm-hmm. back. He's a running back. You know, he's, he's been running for a minute. You know, backs tend to fall off pretty quickly. I'm not saying you yes, know sir. nothing. I'm just saying I know Dalvin Cook is a great talent. Backs tend to fall off quickly. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Why get middle yep. Michael Carter, a guy that you know has has some, some gamer ability. We've seen it before where he's literally won us games. Why get rid of him? Well, you said it yourself. Pick one, and it would be a tough choice. So I, I'd, pick, mm. I'd pick that one. You know, it's honestly a real tough choice on that one. You know, mm. uh, either one. I guess they would know better based on injuries, upside, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, tough call, though, Joe. Tough yeah. Call. yeah, it is, man. Yep. It is. I'll tell yep. you what. This is interesting, again. But we've heard this, you know, before. I remember there was rumors about Ezekiel Elliott coming here, and they shut that down. That never happened. 
You know, what I'm mm-hmm. to what I know, I think he's still, you know, trying to find a team to go to. I wish him nothing but the best, but that was definitely mm-hmm. uh, not something that was happening. Now, as we continue forward and salutes to all the savages in the chat, Dakota, I see you. Uh, there's a lot of things moving and shaking. Jets OTAs rolling around, right? We're hearing a lot of great things about Aaron Rodgers finding C.J. Uzama early and often. Zach Wilson looking good out there, right? But we also heard a lot of things from Robert Sella, okay? And one of those things that he talked about, started speaking about the offensive line. He said that Dwayne Brown would be a hard out at left tackle. I'm guessing that would mean it would be pretty hard to remove him from that left tackle position. We've heard a lot of love from Sulla to Dwayne Brown this season. Called him a, you know, basically called him a gamer every chance that he got. Talked about he loved his toughness, all of that stuff. He called him a freaking rock star as well. Give me your thoughts about this. Do you think at this point that Dwayne Brown is cemented as New York Jets left tackle? I do. 100 percent maybe maybe he's trying to inspire mckay a little maybe maybe a little bit go ahead he said he flat out said dwayne brown's my guy and uh if dwayne brown's healthy he could still be a very 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 good left tackle so Mm. i say you go with him and he's still hungry he played through injury i mean Mm -hmm. it's mckay's gonna have to work for it but i i I don't know if he'll I, be also Joe being the fact that Wayne Brown hasn't played right right on the right side since college. That's more of a reason mm-hmm. to keep him on the left side. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I mean. Oh yeah. Dwayne hasn't. Yeah, he ain't played right tackle since. Uh, he ain't played right tackle in the league. So it's yep. very interesting. But that brings me to my next question. We know that Makai is not interested at this point in being a left tackle or being a right tackle. Excuse me. He's not yeah. interested in that. He's tweeted recently, I am a left tackle, okay? Uh, he's made yep. it very clear. There was even, you know, reports that came out as well that he said it himself. He talked to the Jets coaching staff when he got that knee injury. He was telling them, hey, look, I'm on the right side. It's going to cause some issues with my knee. Is that still a concern for you? Because, yes, Makai looks like – I mean, he's in phenomenal shape, but are you mm-hmm. worried about Makai if he's going to be our right tackle, moved over to that right side, being upset about it and saying, hey, that could cause issues with my knee. Are you worried about that? Uh, Joe, you're always an injury away. Your career is always an injury away in the NFL. So, <laughs> uh, it's truth. I mean, you could be you could be gone for whatever reason, you know, it was a freak injury, anything. Man. Let me say this, Joe. The fact that he's in shape and lost weight, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he's got his more flexibility and strength in his, uh, you know, certain areas that he needs to, like mm-hmm. his knees and his, uh, you know, whatever, joints. Um, maybe he'll be less, a little less injury prone. Maybe he's in better shape. He's got to prove it, Joe. He's he's number two or three on the on the depth chart now. You know, mm-hmm. he wants to make the leap. Also, Joe, you know, Dwayne Brown's 37. You never know when he's going to get nicked up. So yeah. Makai's got to... Makai's got to really think long and hard about, you know, Dwayne Brown is an injury. He's 37. Is an injury away from, you know, maybe Makai coming back to left tackle and showing his showing his stuff. So he's got to be ready. Yeah. It's almost like a veteran, you know, uh, sitting on the bench and waiting for his turn, a veteran quarterback, say, you know, and just saying, yeah. hey, you know, like, i got to be ready. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. 
I tell you what, especially <laughs> when you look at uh, the you know the interview that he put out, you know, recently with Glover, mm-hmm. uh, he mm-hmm. the picture that he painted was you know he pretty much blamed them for that knee injury happening the you know the second time, right? And if they're moving him the right tackle again, I don't know, man. Maybe he could start speaking more. Okay, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. all I'm say. That's possible. Speaking out more. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. And maybe that could become yep. a distraction. All right. And I'm a little worried about that. But mm-hmm. maybe Makai takes a different road. Goes, okay, look, you'll put me at right tackle, no problem. I'll just become one of the best right tackles in the league. And then, you know, who knows what the future holds with the New York Jets? Because again, we don't have him signed in the fifth year option. We decline that. So right. either you're going to franchise him or let him walk or try to extend him, which I doubt at this point, in my opinion. If I was Lakai Becton, I would not be coming back here. <laughs> I'm just saying from my viewpoint, I would not be coming back here. If I went all through mm-hmm. all this stuff and then you tried to talk to me about an extension, unless it was just astronomically more than another team was willing to offer me, especially when he talked about what he talked about in that interview, I'll be gone. Mm-hmm. And then the New York Jets could have mm-hmm. big questions at tackle again. All right. So we'll be yeah. talking about that for the rest of tonight as well. And as we continue to look through or we continue to go through things that are, you know, happening in OTAs and uh, everything that's happening out there, Sella also spoke on the fact that there's not going to be a mini camp, right? No, no, mm-hmm. no mandatory mini camps. You talk about not wanting to tax these players. Is that a little bizarre to you? Because when you look at what we're going through here, we're trying to implement a new offense, right? Guys are trying to learn. There's different ticks. Of course, we're running things that are similar concepts to what Mike LaFleur ran. But there's a lot of different things moving and shaking, different pieces as well. I would think you would try to get guys together as much as possible, right? What are your thoughts on the approach that Sella is taking, not having mandatory minicamps? Joe. We're going from from a Pee Wee League quarterback to a Hall of Famer, okay? There, mm, there's okay. there's no way that they he Salas Salas seen it. He knows he knows the team is ready to go. They're ahead of schedule. There's no if they were behind, they would be they would mm-hmm. be in camp. They're definitely mm-hmm. ahead. You have an experienced coordinator who's played with this, you know, who's coached for, with this quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. You have players on that have played with this quarterback. And you have young skill players; they're ahead of mm-hmm. schedule. They they know yeah, they but... know they have a Super Bowl team. They know they have a playoff team. You're going to have mm-hmm. to be a little conservative with things, and and I think it was smart, Joe. I think it was a smart move. Go ahead, Joe. Listen, and I hear you. I hear you. Listen, I hear mm-hmm. you, Ted. But at the same time, you have guys on this team that have not played with Aaron Rodgers, especially when you look at our offensive line. Right? Look at our offensive line last season. It took a lot. You know, especially starting the season for them to kind of, kind of work themselves into some type of jail where they jail together a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. There was injuries. There was a lot mm-hmm. of things moving and shaking around, right? Well, when you look at the line this year, Makai Beckton coming back from injury, he ain't played in two years. He's trying to get his feet back underneath him in a new offense, right, with a new quarterback. ATV mm-hmm. coming back from injury as well, new offense, new quarterback. Our center situation I don't know if it's going to be Connor McGovern or Joe Tittman, but even if it's Joe Tittman, right, he's a rookie. NFL, he's trying to adjust to the speed, new quarterback. He's got to learn the offense. Lakeland Thomason, who's a guy that honestly has to prove himself this year because he was, he's coming off a year where he was not that good, new offense, mm-hmm. new quarterback. 
Like, so when you look at what's going on, Dwayne Brown, he's coming back. Rotator cuff injury, played through it. New offense, new quarterback. They've got to figure out how to gel around what's going on here. And even then, McCole Hartman, guy we just added, uh, Garrett Wilson, learning a new new offense as well. A. Rodgers is quarterback. It's a new quarterback for him. Like, so there, there's other things moving and shaking where guys are trying to figure out their way here. Even C.J. Luzama, mm-hmm. who's talked about, he's learning so much as well. And he's a veteran. This guy's a, a veteran tight end that has done really good things in this league. And he's, he said himself, he's learning new things every single day. So when you look at it from that aspect, it's like, look, I, I get it. I hear what you're saying. It's a lot of professionals, a lot of guys out there. They know what they're doing. But when you're implementing a new offense in this league, it takes time for that offense to really gel and get its things together. Look at Aaron Rodgers' first year under the offense when he was in Green Bay. They struggled. They str- he talked mm-hmm. about it. You know, they, they openly talked about how it was tough. So I'm a little worried again. I understand it's just mini camps. But that's the time where you take to really get things jailed together. You want to meet as much as possible, especially for the young guys. Guys like Will mm-hmm. Donald, Pittman, Izzy, Carter Warren, all these guys that we've just brought in here. The young guys is what really benefits them because they really have to come in, understand, get up to speed, not just to the speed of the NFL, but the speed of what the scheme is going to ask them to do, whether it be defensively or offensively. That's what it's really meant for them. And so when we're talking about Will McDonald, who's a first-round pick, they're expecting him to do some things. We're talking about Joe mm-hmm. Pittman, who could potentially be our starting center. People already talked mm-hmm. about it. I talked about it. You talked about it, too. Well, mm-hmm. this guy needs as much time as possible out there on the field, getting his hands in the playbook, getting his hand, you know, having guys, uh, you know, analyze him, figure out what's going on out there, getting eyes on him to figure out if he could be the guy. And if you cancel mini camps, what does that do to him? Could that potentially mm-hmm. hold those guys back? Give me your thoughts on that, man. I'll give you a final word on it. Hey, hey, Joe, uh, two things. One, one, you got to trust Tyler has the pulse of the team, and obviously okay. I think he does. Uh, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to put all my faith in that. You, gave, you made a lot of valid points. I get mm-hmm. it. Supposedly a lot of these players have been there since April, so maybe there's a mental fatigue factor, you know, being grinded it out every day, training and all this other stuff. Uh, also, the Aaron Rodgers uh, Sauce Gardner marijuana celebration thing that they created, maybe that's down to perfection. So maybe they don't have to. Uh... <laughs> Did you see that, Joe? Did you no. see that one, Joe? I heard something about it, but I was like, Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they had a nice. Go to the New York Post website. It's, it's, it's you know, it's uh, Rodgers and Sauce Gardner with their marijuana uh, celebration. So, they're, they're, okay. you know, that's. If, if we're good, Joe, if that's all down, if they have time to do that nonsense, yeah. then everything's good, yeah. Joe. That's the way I look at it. Okay. But I think, honestly, I think I think Salah has the, I think Salah has the pulse of, uh, of the team down. Okay. And so does Rogers, probably. So does Rogers. Okay. okay. So, now, I before I let too. you go, Ted, mm-hmm. okay. Now, before I let you go, Ted, quickly, and other callers are coming to you soon, coming to you next. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Salah seems very confident that Quentin Williams' deal is going to be done soon or even before a training camp. Right, everything that we've seen, yep. uh, Quentin Williams looks like he's very frustrated. It looks like deals, uh, or at least the uh, discussions, haven't been very close. Are you confident that this is going to get done before camp, or do you feel like Sellers just kind of putting some positivity out there in the air? It'll get done, Joe. He's not getting. We're not trading Quentin. It'll get done. Somebody will have to bend mm-hmm. a little, but it'll take. Mm-hmm. I guess it's going to take longer than I thought, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's going to get done, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. you got a lot okay. of callers, I know. All right. Thank you for calling in, Ted. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? 
All right, Joe. Take care, Joe. Peace. All right, you have a good one. Peace. We're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Salute to all the savages in the chat. All right. They're going back and forth. Dakota J says, we're so stacked and loaded right now. The Jets are not playing around no more. Old times are well over. Okay. Dakota J, I see you. He's speaking his mind. He's speaking his mind. All right. We're going to keep getting to, you know, the chat. Please continue to post your questions in there if you have questions. Speak your mind. We'll come to the savages. We're going to keep getting to these lines, though. 515-602-969. 515-602-969 number. Call in. Next call I'm going to, I believe this is Val, okay? I believe this is Val. Val, is this you? Val, is this you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Val, hold on, hold on before, because you already know what time it is. We got to let everybody know. Val, he's a savage. Val salutes. Listen, I've got a lot of things moving and shaking over here. I want to talk to you about OTAs first, though. All right? A lot of things going on around mm-hmm. here. Listen, there's no mini camps. Okay, Sella has announced mandatory mini camps and called it off. What are your thoughts on that, man? Because I'm a guy that thinks, like, these guys should be meeting as much as possible. I understand the Hall of Fame game, August 3rd, I think it's Jets Brown. I get it, okay? But Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking about how that could affect the rookies. These are guys that need as much time on the field, hands-on, as much as possible, and yet – you, you get rid of the mini camps. It's like, are you hurting those guys? What are your thoughts on that, man? Well, salute to you, Joe. Salute to everybody in the chat. And my my answer to this is, I feel like I would want them to have a mini camp because you, the thing is, like, I would want them to have the chemistry because the chemistry has to be on point right away. But I also understand the other side of it that we're gonna have four preseason games. And on top of that, you know, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of, you know, stress on, you know, like, you know, on the players and stuff. You don't want that on the players. Uh-huh. You want them to actually get out there and actually, you know, you know, feel fresh. You don't want no type of injuries, you know, like the whole um, situation with Beckham last year and stuff like that. You don't want no type of serious injuries to go down on the mini camp and stuff. You want everybody to be fresh and ready to go. But for the rookies, we don't have too many rookies to really – I mean, we do have, you know, rookies and stuff like that 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 are position needs and stuff that they need to get those mm-hmm. reps in. But I feel like training mm-hmm. camp would definitely, you know, get that underwear. But, you know, I, I would definitely – if it was up to me, I would let them, you know, do the mini camp and stuff. And the okay. players that I yeah. feel like that could use the rest, I feel like they should get the rest and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm you know, again, Joe Tipman is a guy that – Everybody's talked about as being New York Jets' starting center. When we drafted him, I exactly. remember him. He right definitely here. needs the reps. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. He needs that connection like, with Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. Oh, oh, no, no. I was just saying, yes, he needs that connection with Aaron Rodgers to know exactly what mm-hmm. play calling, what, what shout-outs and stuff like that, because it's going to be loud crowds yeah. and stuff like that. And he needs the timing mm-hmm. down, so he needs it as much as possible. So yeah, I, I like I said, it's like a fifty. It's more. I, I would lean towards yeah. I I would want the mini camp to happen, but I could also understand that we're gonna have a lot of games. But the thing mm-hmm. is, at the same time, not to be be long winded, we need to get the chemistry down. Because if you look at the schedule, 
our schedule is not friendly um, chemistry. Um, you know, it's not going to be, about it. you know, we, we're going to have some games that we're going to have some off. Like, all right, if you get it together, listen, the chemistry has to be on point from the beginning of the season because our schedule yep. is heavy at first, and then the second yep. half it gets better and stuff like that. So we're going to get tons mm-hmm. of heavy, you know, like tough games in the beginning. So that that's what I, I yeah. have to say as well, too. Yeah, and even people that are saying our schedule is, you know, kind of light at the end, you never know because there are teams that y'all think know. that we, every year that we think is trash and they catch, they catch fire. And then all of a sudden late in the season, they're competing for something and they're playing way Detroit better Lions. than a lot of people thought. Uh, <laughs> Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Talk about it, okay? Oh, they're trash. And then yep. they catch fire and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. They're not trash. Okay, so – you know, I, look, I, I hear yep. what everybody's saying. I'm not bashing Robert Sella. I'm not bashing the Jets staff. I'm, I'm just asking questions, all right, especially, again, when I'm not a big fan of Connor McGovern. The guy that I'm thinking is going to come in here and take his spot, you know, he could benefit from some mini camps. I'm just saying. But as we continue to talk about things that are going on in OTAs, man, Sella came out and said uh, Dwayne Brown will be a hard out at left tackle. Give me your thoughts on that, Val. Do you believe that Sella is just trying to motivate Makai Becton, keep him on his toes, or do you think that Dwayne Brown is cemented at that left tackle position? Give me your thoughts. Listen, listen, Makai Becton, all right, four <laughs> years ago, we would have said, listen. Makai <laughs> Becton, you said, listen, said four years listen, ago, listen, man, this would have never this would have never been a question or, a, a, you know, a question at all. Left tackle would have definitely went Makai Becton, but Makai Becton has to start from the big, um, from the bottom. Like, we don't know him and stuff like that. This wow. is the new Makai Becton that we have to get back to. Yes, I said last time, I said, yeah, just give him the position. But the thing is, mm-hmm. he has to beat out people. He has to beat out people. He has to show that he's still that guy, and he has to show that wow, this okay. new body, that he's, this, new, this new tight end body that he has, he has to mm-hmm. really show out and stuff like that. So, you know, he definitely has to, you know, work and get that position back. And he's trying to motivate him. And mm-hmm. this is all for motivational purposes. So mentally he has to be stronger physically. And, you know, I heard mm-hmm. some things in the interviews and stuff, you know, I understand it, but, you know, you got to put that aside. This, this is now you got to get back to you got to get back to work, man. You got to earn your position back. That's for everybody. You know, NFL sometimes can mean not for long. So, you know, got to get back to it. Now, now, Val, I hear you, okay? And you make some good points. But here's my question. You said yourself that you saw that interview or you read it. We all did by Glauber, that he did with Glauber. And he pretty much blamed the New York Jets for that knee injury. And one of the things that really stuck out from that interview was that he told them, first off, you got me playing a position that I don't play. You got me over here on the right side. And this this position that you got me playing is putting more stress on my knee because that's, that's mm. the leg that I have to, you know, I'm utilizing to, to back up on. Right. Now, when you look at this situation, if we're saying that Dwayne Brown's a hard out at left tackle, that to me means that Makai Becton at this point, if we're reading what Robert Seller is saying, that it's looking like Makai Becton is probably going to be their number one, you know, guy at right tackle, right? Right tackle, yeah. If you're Makai Becton and you're looking at that, 
are you concerned that he would take that as a shot to possibly, you know, get his knee re-injured, right? Because that was his big concern the first time. Wouldn't that be a concern for him again if they try to move him over to the right side again this year? I mean, we've even seen him tweet, I am a left tackle. Are you concerned Uh about that? And are you concerned about this possibly becoming a distraction if Makai Beckton decides to speak out? Because we've already saw that in the interview. Give me your thoughts. Man, listen, uh, this is another uh, case of, you know, player not listening to. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is I'm, another case of be crazy. I'm just, I'm just oh, saying no, the facts. No, I'm you're asking the right questions. But, you know, the, the seat is getting hot, you know. But like I said, <laughs> man, um, it's, just, <laughs> it's just another case of the play. You got to listen to the players sometimes, too, when it comes to injury. You want the best, mm-hmm. like like Robert saw, you want the best um scenario for that player and stuff like that. And he feels like the left tackle position is better for him, for him and his knee and stuff. It's just like, I, I feel him, man. It's just like, you know, the, I feel like coaches have to listen to players at some times. But I know under, other people is like, oh, you're being a diva and everything like that. But listen, you know, if he's going to blame, I, I, I can't really blame them and stuff, you know, for the coaches and stuff because they're they're trying to look out for the team and stuff, you know, they're feeling – I mean, listen, like I said before, ADT, he's not a right tackle, but he played the right tackle and stuff. He didn't complain about it. He's a right guard. Mm-hmm. He played the right tackle to fill in that position, yeah. and he's not even, Play you know, complaining too. or anything. Yeah, he played a whole mm-hmm. different position. So, you know, mm-hmm. that that's how they're looking at it. you got to be the leader of the team, and sometimes it's sometimes the sacrifices. But I, I wouldn't blame the coaches for his injury and stuff, like, you know, but – I just felt like he wasn't ready. I felt like he wasn't ready as a player to be on the field yet. I feel like they kind of mm-hmm. um, rushed it. I could say they probably rushed it and stuff, but I just feel like, yeah. you know, um, hopefully for the best for him. And, and, you know, I just hope he could just beat out for the la- left tackle, and I hope it's a fair competition. So, you know, so you know, just the best of luck for him, man. I- I'm All right, listen. Him. Listen. Listen to me. I'm a little worried. Okay, because yeah, Makai Beckton is not afraid of being vocal. Okay, and he's not afraid of being vocal. I've been a guy. I'm a full. I'm a Kai Beckton supporter. Before Sauce and Aaron was on the screen, uh, I had. I think it was Zach and Beck. Okay, he was on the screen. I fully support Makai Beckton, but he came out in that interview and blamed the Jets basically for that knee injury, and he's made it very clear that he wants that left tackle position. Not. He's tweeted it. He's talked about it publicly. And I'm a little worried that it could cause a distraction. I'm not saying that he's going to blow things up. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he's not afraid to speak his mind, and it could cause Mm -hmm. a distraction. But maybe, just maybe, he goes, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll play left tackle. I'll play right tackle. No problem. He dominates a right tackle. Good luck retaining him. (laughs) I'm just saying good luck retaining him. Exactly. Exactly. Because unless you want to franchise him, which can create more problems, unless you want to franchise him, bruh, I would think he would hightail it out of here as fast as possible. As fast as possible. That's just my oh, thought. Man. That's just my thought. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens going forward. Maybe Makai wins that left tackle position. I think and he I will look, uh, best. But Sulla, And I would luck he'd be with the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah. Yeah, listen. <laughs> but the way Sulla talking, the way Sulla talking, and even the way he talked about Dwayne Brown all offseason, I don't know, man. He loves that guy. Listen, he's like thirty-eight, right? Yeah, he's he, yeah, he's up in the thirties. 
That's that's the crazy thing oh, is. Man. He's old, man. Like, he's not going to be here forever. And every time I bring this up, I talk to Jets fans about, look, I, Dwayne Brown, yeah, he, he's a solid guy, but he ain't going to spring chicken. That guy ain't going to be here for right. like five right. years or nothing like that. So it's exactly. like, you know, so this big question. Val, let me tell okay. you something. If Dwayne Brown moves on, you know, cause, I mean, how much longer can he really play? Let's say he moves on after this season. And then Makai oh, Becton plays well at right tackle. Unless you franchise him, which is going to cost you quite a bit of money, unless you franchise him, if he decides to walk away, there's, like, no answer. There's no answer at left tackle. None. Man. Do you, Everybody you know what this is sounding like? ATB at left tackle. Huh? Go ahead. Oh, you know what this is sounding like? Adam Gates or Frank what? Gore, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, they might be having some Thanksgiving together, man. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, listen, big question. Listen, Val, <laughs> I, I, let me give you this last question, and then I'm going to let you go. Monty, we're going to come to you okay. next. New callers, hold on. All right, let me give you this last question, all right, before I let you go. Dalvin go. Cook, rumors swirling about him, all right? A lot of talk about one-year deal to New York Jets for 10 to $11 million. Give me your thoughts about this rumor, man. Do you think that this is just all poppycock? Or do you think it's uh, that it could happen? Uh, I say, listen, like um, one of the callers said, let's get that Quentin Williams um, signing together first before we talk about anything else. But, mm-hmm. listen, Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, a one-two punch, we, oh, man, that's lethal. That is lethal. That is mm. something to watch out for. And also, DeAndre, I wasn't here for the last one, DeAndre Hopkins, Yes, mm-hmm. I will definitely want that as well too. That should Bruh. happen. If if we could make that happen, that would t- listen. We talking about Super Bowl. I believe we're going to the Super Bowl with that for sure. Val, for sure. Val, do you know how you know how much I've gotten bashed for talking about oh, love with DeAndre it. Hopkins? I, I, wanted... I was like, wow. You, you not you only know who you, DeAndre Hopkins is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, when they was digging up um, Odell Beckham, I'm like, DeAndre Hopkins is way better than Odell Beckham when it comes to catching and stuff. This man dealt with mediocre quarterbacks and was After quarterback, I was like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Not even mediocre, trash. I'm, he had trash. Trash. I'm talking trash. Yes. And, and I made bro, them look I, like I, it was I, like up-and-coming stars of quarterbacks and stuff. I was making them look average. To put yeah. it, yeah, not yeah. star, sorry, but average, yeah. Okay. I mean, but, you know, listen, I'm all about discussion, but I'll tell you what, I have been bashed, okay? People have hit me up, Joe, what the hell are you talking about? DeAndre Hopkins, stop talking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> have you seen D-Hop, okay? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with y'all, but it is what it is. Listen, Val, I got to slide off, man, all right? I got other calls I got to get to. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. You know, I love talking to you about the New York Jets. Yes, sir, Joe. Everybody hit and subscribe to Joe's channel, man. And thank you for having me, Joe. And have a great day. And everybody, let's go. Let's go, Jets. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515 is the number. Call in. All right. I'm taking all calls. I'm telling you, your boy got bashed about that D hop. All right. I talked about one of D hop on the New York Jets and people just some people just try to go crazy on me, you know? 
I want to have the discussion. I want to have the conversation. And I try to have conversations with them. They're like, oh, well, Joe, you make a good point. But but then the same people telling me they don't want to D, they didn't want D hop. They want Cook. We got like five running backs. <laughs> five of them. Damn. I mean, Dalvin Cook's good. But damn, five running backs. All right. You need five running backs. Why can't we have, you know, receivers out the wazoo? Why? We're going to keep getting to these callers in 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking our callers. Salute to Dakota J, all these guys in the chat. Dakota J putting down all of the weapons that we have, from Uzama to Conklin to Rutgers to Kuntz to Brees Hall, Izzy to Bam. Everybody, man. We got an offense put together. You add D-Hop to that with Garrett Wilson, Lazard, and McCole Hardman. Woo! But we're going to keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639. Next, we're going to go to my friend and yours, Monty. Listen, Monty, mm. thank you for calling in. But before mm. before we let him get going. <laughs> mm. It's been a while, Joe. It's been a, it's been a while. Monty, Monty mm. So when I was listening to your last call, bro, I was thinking about, you know, choosing violence on this phone call. You was talking about McCoy Jackson. I was like, you know what, man? You know, me and you need to have a recap show Mm -hmm. of all the things that I've said, (laughs) you know, and all the things that you said in our battles Mm -hmm. and our wars that we've had over the previous years. And we just need to have like a recap. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember, yeah, I remember you were telling me about Makai Becton. Oh, mm-hmm. and this guy is this. Oh, man, all pro this. And I try to tell you, like, he's okay. He's all right. And now look at him. You know, two years later, look look, look at his Wow. Now. He's battling for a right tackle position. He's supposed to be a premier left tackle. He can't stay mm-hmm. on the field. Even when he does stand, even when, he, when we did see him play, he was all right. You know, he had dominant moments, but he was just Monty. all right. You know? Monty. So, so I'm just saying, Joe. So look, 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 look at it. Look look at it. Disingenuous Monty. He mm. was I, Monty. Mm-hmm. Monty. He was I. I Highway 77. You, I, 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 Woody, I literally tried He's one of the best tackles in the league, but he's just I. Guy. Oh. He's I. He's I. Right. If, right. if you thought he was He's anything right. more than it, hey, he would have he would have an option, a fifth year option. He don't have that. Then that was before he would be playing. That was before the Let, knee injury, Monty. That was before uh, the okay, knee injury. Okay, okay, that's cool. That, that, then the that, two that's years fine. off. From that's the fine. Knee Go ahead, that's Monty. That's fine. But look where they got him now. I want to have a conversation. He's Go not ahead. even playing left tackle. He's not even playing left tackle right now. They don't even, they don't even want him to play left tackle. They they'd rather go with an aging. 38-year-old Dwayne Brown didn't go with most cop back then. And that's telling. Wow. That's telling. It's, te- it's telling about how Salah speaks about him in a press conference, mm-hmm. Dwayne Brown over Makai Becton. That speaks to his character. Uh, it's it's just so much with the guy. Like, I I knew it, man. I'm, 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 I'm Nostradamus, man. I, <laughs> I knew <Are> you? it. <laughs> Yes, I am. 
I see things. Listen. I see things. Well, you know, I mean, listen. Joe, Joe, we, we, we can do a recap show if you want to, man. It's, it's a lot of things. Listen. It's a lot of things that I've Oh, it's a lot of things. You know, that's what Yeah, it. we can recap some things, Monty. I remember you were you were in love with Jamal Adams, too. And uh, you want to recap. You should recap. Hey, hey, yo, yo, You yo, were yo, in yo, love we, with we Jamal Adams. Adam. Hey, hold on. Why you got to bring up old stuff? We got to bring up old stuff. We all saw what happened with that. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I ain't heard from you in a minute, <laughs> but uh, I don't remember. I remember that take, okay? Flood. Oh, oh my goodness. Hey, 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 why are you bringing up old stuff? <laughs> I'm bringing up old stuff, okay? Listen, I hear what you're saying about Makai Beckham, okay? Now, the door is not completely closed. I will say that. All right. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did say it was a hard out for Dwayne Brown uh, to be, you know, mm-hmm. from that left tackle position. But let's keep it real, too. Maybe this is just a little gamesmanship from Sella to continue to motivate Makai Becton. Right? We've seen it in the past. We saw it when Makai Becton tweeted, I am a left tackle. Sella came out and said, well, if you want it, earn it. You know, go get that left tackle. And he kind of said it with a little bit of a smirk. So maybe that's what mm-hmm. we mean. Also, you got to keep in mind that Dwayne Brown never played right tackle. And there was some talk right. that, you know, he's not a fan of it, okay? So mm-hmm. I could see that playing into the situation as well. Again, it's not done yet, okay? They have training camp coming up, all this stuff, and we'll see what happens going forward. But I will ask you this. Mm-hmm. When you look at the situation, let's say – that Dwayne Brown is the guy that's going to be the starting left tackle. You move Makai. Makai's okay. got to be the guy that you're looking at moving to right, right, logically. He'll probably be looked at right. as right tackle. Would that make you concerned that that would become a distraction? Because he just did an interview with Glover where he literally blamed the New York Jets for the knee injury, said that they had him play in a position that he does not play, talked about how much that position put a strain on the knee. If you're Makai Beckham and they're moving you back over to right tackle from everything that you said, I would think that, that was, you would look at that as an attack to possibly hurt the knee again. So, of course, you'd be upset. Are you concerned about it becoming a distraction if they decide truly, if it's finalized, that they want him to play right tackle again? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a big distraction uh, because Makai Beckham. I mean, granted, I don't know the guy personally. I can only go by, you know, what you know what is going on in the media. But he seems mm-hmm. like a guy who has just doesn't take any type of accountability, right? So, what if oh. next year he's playing right uh, right tackle and he is struggling? Makai Beckham seems like the type of person to just be like, "Oh yeah, man, I shouldn't be playing right tackle." You know, uh, I'm not – this is not a natural position for me. You know, he just seems like a guy that just doesn't – he's not very accountable. And Wow. That interview wow. that interview was very, very telling where he blamed the Jets organization uh, on him getting injured because they placed him at right tackle. Not the fact that he came in damn near 400 pounds. Put him out there and put him at right tackle – with a bad knee. Dude, listen, this is football. If Even mm. if they put you at left tackle, 
it's a physical sport. You can't blame playing a, a different position and planting off your right foot being the reason why you got injured. You can't do that. It's football. It's physical. Anything, anything can happen in the sport. So him coming in that, uh, coming out and explaining everything in that, in that interview just lets me know what type of character he has, the way the solid mm-hmm. talks about Dwayne Brown and talks about, you know, he really he doesn't even acknowledge Makai in, in, in the press conference if, if you pay attention. He just kind of laughs and smirks because Robert Sala has not even seen Makai Becton on the field in the, in the two years. So he's just going off basically what he's seen of him in practice, around the building, uh, around the organization. He doesn't really speak too highly of him. So am I concerned about it being a dist- uh, Makai Becton being a distraction? Absolutely. You know, he's already proven that he, he doesn't bite his tongue. He's, he's already proven that. You know, he's willing to go to a reporter and leak information to, to, to uh, different reporters. It's just it's just a mess with the guy, man. And the Jets well, I mean, are in a situation where they're they're kinda stuck, man, because what if he plays what what if he plays well? It's a good position to be in. But do you wanna give mm-hmm. uh big money to a guy who has uh in, in a contract year, he struggled with his weight, he's shown that, you know, um he wants to do what he wants to do. Um, and if he plays well, we just, I mean, even if he does play or if he plays horrible next year, it's like we, we wasted, you know, a 13th pick, you know. So we're kind of in a lose-lose situation when it comes with uh, Makai Beckton, man. And, and it's definitely sad. I know I, you know I kind of talk about him, but it's just a bad situation no. to be in. Listen, and I hear you, Monty, and this is the beauty of the show. This is why I love having discussions with you as well. We don't always agree on things, right? I, I wouldn't necessarily say that Makai Beckham doesn't take accountability because I think he has, right? I think he, you see he worked his tail off to get back in shape. He also talked in that interview with Glauber about the coaching that he's received. Uh, he's got a new trainer. They've helped him, you know, get, his, get himself back together, not just physically but mentally. Mentally, I think there was a – and, and I, 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 you know football, Monty. I think a lot of people don't mm-hmm. think, a lot of fans don't think about injuries take a toll on you, right? They take a toll on you. Oh, a lot yeah, of people sprain sure. their ankles, and it takes a toll on them. Imagine literally blowing up your knee and what kind of mental toll that would take on you as a football player. You're up, you're active every day, you're working out, you're running, you're getting ready, you're doing your, you know, you're, you're getting in your stance, you, you're practicing your kick step, all that stuff. You can't do that stuff with a jacked-up knee like that. Then you start to wonder, mm-hmm. right? But, and, again, I'm not speaking for Makai Beckton. I'm just saying if, if I was mm-hmm. in his position, I would start to think about, like, man, am I ever going to walk the same again, you know? Let alone am I ever going to play the same again, right? A lot of these players, right, right. And, and you know as well, like, they, part of their identity is tied to them playing football. They spend, you can't just roll out of the bed True. and become as good as he's been. You can't just roll out exactly. of the bed and go into the NFL, even even the people that we think are bums in the NFL, those guys work their butts off. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. They work a lot yeah. harder than people yeah. think. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, that, that's all I'm saying. All right? And, again, yes, I'm a Makai Beckton fan. I will fully disclose that. I've said that a thousand times. He's on my <laughs> screen. Okay? And and I think he's going to get it done. I don't know what's going to happen. Stella is showing a lot of love to, to Dwayne Brown. But uh, you know, we'll and that's and that's telling. Forward. That's that's very very telling. Mm-hmm. That's very very telling. You have to look at certain things like that. Little things like that will tell you about a man's about a man's character, and it'll tell you about 
where they stand in the organization and how they truly and how they truly feel. Like Robert Sala, he he doesn't seem like the type of guy that's that's a blatant liar, but he's not. He he's gonna he's gonna drop certain things to kind of give you a hint of what he thinks without actually saying it, you know. Okay. So well, I tell you what. Well, I listen. When Mims didn't know the playbook, they came out blatantly and said it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe mm-hmm. I'm looking at it like you know, with the uh, the glass half full, but I'm thinking that they're saying a lot of things and doing a lot of things to simply mo- motivate Makai Beckham. Do I think that? That they that Dwayne Brown has the faith of the coaching staff, yeah. But I don't think they think that Makai Beckton is a bad tackle either. I think there will be no, an no, actual no, competition. No. Yeah, and, and we'll see what happens. I don't think Makai Beckton's out the door yet. But one of the things that you said, and I want to get to this because this was a very interesting tidbit that you just said a second ago. You talked about mm-hmm. how the position that it puts the Jets in, right? Dwayne Brown, no yeah. spring chicken, he's not going to be here forever, right? Then you look at the situation with Kyle, and you talked about how, hey, you know, if he plays well, you decline the fifth-year option, that puts you in a pickle, right? Well, are you going to right. franchise right. him? That could create a bigger problem. If you try to give him an extension, if Makai Becton plays like one of the is one of the top right tackles in the league, which he has the ability to do that, then, boy, get ready for the numbers. Doesn't that put that squarely in the lap of Joe Douglas? Because they could have got a tackle in this recent draft earlier than they did with, with uh, Warren. They could have got a tackle. Mm-hmm. They could have traded down and grabbed somebody. They didn't. And if you actually look at his board, right, and, and it's crazy. I don't know if you watched Flight 23, but they had something on Flight 23 yeah. as well. Where Okay, so you watched that part where they asked him, hey, what is your ranking? What are your guys? And he, he talked about McDonald being one. Mayor, I believe the mm-hmm. tight end of, I think he was from Notre yeah. Dame, the tight end for Notre Dame was number two, and Broderick Jones was number three. Yeah. So when you look at this situation that they're in right now with tackle, with, you know, the potential of Makai Becton, he could be gone, and Dwayne Brown could be gone eventually as well. Again, could be gone soon too because, again, he's no spring chicken. Doesn't that place that square in the lap of Joe Douglas for not ensuring that he would have some guy – able to be here in case all of this kind of falls apart? Yeah, but you also have to build your roster out. Um, you know, you can't you can't just say, hey, I need a left tackle and go get a left tackle. You have to look at what where, where you are on the board, what players are left. Do you think they actually fit your scheme? It's a, it's a number of different factors in, in choosing a player. And I don't, you know, I can't, you know, I give – you know, Joe Douglas, I agree, but, you know, I, I feel like that was the smart move to not reach for a player, but just go grab a player in which makes your team better right now, you know, and maybe in the and, future. And, okay, and I hear that. But if you look at what the New York Jets went into this, because I, I really want to have this discussion with you. When you look at what the New York Jets okay. went into this draft, the concerns mm-hmm. on the roster that we had, offensive line, mainly tackle, was the biggest issue, especially with Aaron Rodgers here. We were like, bro, we do not want Aaron Rodgers going through what we saw Zach Wilson go through, what we saw Sam Darnold go through. This guy is older. Yeah, he's still spry. He can move, but that's not what we want Aaron Rodgers doing. We want Aaron Rodgers to kick back and be the Hall of Famer, throw these bombs. We don't want him to take shots. We saw him take shots in Green Bay. We saw saw him get hurt before in Green Bay when he was getting smacked around. So the biggest concern was tackle. And so 
if the biggest concern in your line is tackle and you go into the draft, why why not draft a tackle earlier? Again, Broderick Jones was there, right? Or Broderick Jones wasn't there. He got taken off the board uh, when the Patriots moved. But there was a lot of Jets fans that bashed him for not trading up for Broderick Jones. Okay, okay. right? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not bashing him. Broderick Jones was off the board, but there were other tackles. I mean, Dwa Jones was there a little bit late. There were other guys that we could have grabbed. Cody Mouch was there as well. We didn't take him either. So when you look at yeah. the situation, it's like you got to have mm-hmm. something in place, especially when you look at the fallout that can happen if you don't grab somebody. Because, again, let's say Beckton's gone mm-hmm. out the door, right? But yeah. Dwayne Brown retires. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is going to be our left tackle? That could literally happen next year. Matt, yeah, it, it, it could. I'm asking. And that's when you – I'm just so, asking. I'm asking these questions. Oh, Go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, that's, and those, I, I feel like those are, those are fair questions because me, uh, going into the draft, I thought that, you know, we can I, – I really, I thought Paris Johnson was going to fall a little bit uh, further than what he said. Bruh. But Brian Oh, my Jones, God, Monty. I mean, I, I know, I know, I know. It was stupid. It was stupid. Monty, but... don't get me started, bro. That hurt. Well, that hurt. That I, hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was stupid to think that he was gonna, he was gonna, he was gonna fall that far. But it, man, it was just a run. It was just a, a huge run on tackles. And mm-hmm. and in my in my opinion, I didn't, I did not want Roderick Jones. I felt like he was a he was a project, and you know. I wanted somebody who could step right in and know, like, oh yeah, this dude can hold down this position. I don't think Roger mm-hmm. Jones was that type of that type of tackle. I think physically, you know, he's you know he's a big guy, you know he's he's mobile, but I I, I don't I don't know. It's just something I just had to, had a gut feeling. I'm like I don't I don't think this dude is going to be that good, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, to be honest. I, I felt like we should have grabbed a tackle, but I don't want to reach for a tackle. If a guy was there mm-hmm. and we thought that he was going to be a good player, granted, go ahead, pull the trigger. But you you get and, – and, and this is what I like about Joe. He's very, very patient. You know, you have to get the player in which you think can fit your scheme and not mm-hmm. reach for another guy just because, oh, we have a need at this position. The Jets, you, you know, we can we can load up talent. We can load up talent at any at, at any position. So, granted, mm-hmm. if we get through the season, Akai Becton is a is a free agent, and Dwayne Brown is a uh, you know if he retires, uh, hey man, it's just something that you, that you have to live with, and you have to be able to address it uh, next season. I mean, you still got Max Mitchell uh, at right tackle, and you know if you need to go. Next year, uh, trade for a uh, left tackle, or you know, draft another one. You that still is. have the option to, to to be able to do that. I, I I think that you're in the position. The Jets are in the position where you are all in right now. You know, you you're not you you're not afford to be in the position to be able to develop guys. You have to have guys who are going to come in and contribute. Now, if you if you felt like there was a guy in the draft. In which he can come in, help right now, uh, start at left tackle right now, or start at right tackle right now. You do it. But I think Joe looked at the looked at the draft board, looked at the players on the draft board, and he said to himself, "None of these guys will be able to help us this year." And if you mm-hmm. it, and if a guy can't beat out Mackay Beckton, if you feel like he can't beat out a Dwayne Brown, 
you don't draft him because you're looking Aaron Rodgers. When you when you trade for Aaron Rodgers, you're on the clock. You go year by year. You can't afford to sit sit back and and not have these uh, a guy sitting on the bench just in case uh, breaking in, in case of emergency type type of deal. You got to have a guy who who you know is going to be a game changer on the offensive line. And yep. They didn't they didn't feel Listen, they didn't feel like there was anybody in there besides you know uh, Tittman. And I hear you, but at the same time with that, and I understand your take, but at the same time, you got to think about the future as well. He may not be able to, you know, come out and just dominate and destroy people the first year, right? But what about next year? We've seen guys sit on the bench, okay. learn, and then come out the next year and ball out. Now what you're doing is you're going to go into next year. Let's say if, if let's say Makai Beckton plays out of this world, you're going to have to franchise him if you want to. That's 18 million. You could have gave him a lot less mm-hmm. than that if you just would have gave him a fifth-year option. Just give him a fifth-year option. See, see what happens, right? But you've declined that. So now, if you don't mm-hmm. want to franchise him, if you don't do that, there's no the numbers that you're going to have to give him, a good right tackle that has the potential of being a good left tackle, man, the numbers are going to be astronomical, okay? So if he wants no left tackle, be No big. left tackle was worth it, though, Joe. You seen you seen uh, the the guy that the Jacksonville Jaguars drafted. Man, Will McDonald yeah. was, was was eating his lunch in the in the highlights that I've seen. He was making him look. Yeah, silly. but you listen. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Will McDonald is not a bum. I know a lot of people thought he was a bum just because they didn't know him. But Will McDonald is actually a really good, actually a good player, and I get that. But there's guys that you can help and develop. My question is, you go into next year, you don't have an answer at left tackle. And I hear you talking about uh, Mitchell, Max Mitchell. Great. But Max Mitchell was coming off of a knee injury, too, and he had blood clots. He ended the season last year on IR. Mm-hmm. You still got big, mm-hmm. big uh, questions. You still got big questions if he can even be healthy for a full season. He only showed you a couple okay, of so games. Okay, so, 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 so let, 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 let me ask you this, Joe. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Joe. Big questions. Go ahead. Our starting five, starting five as far as offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable with it this year? If it plays out, are you comfortable with it? Are, who's starting at left tackle, Dwayne Brown or Beckton? Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown. Okay, so you're talking Dwayne Brown, Tomlinson. Who's the center? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we asking for, for my, my picks at starting offensive line, or are you naming the picks for me? Who's the center? I'm just is saying, it do you feel, or is it do you feel, do you feel like Do you feel like the guys that we have in the building now on the offensive line, do you think mm-hmm. it's adequate moving in for yeah, for this adequate. year coming up? I think okay. it's, I think it's I think and it's, I feel like yeah, that's what that's what Joe that's what Joe that's how he that's how he assessed assessed the draft. He he said, hey, if we can get a guy who can upgrade us at the position at le, at left tackle or right tackle, cool, I'll grab him. But you know what, Joe? Nobody was there, so you know he's not gonna reach and take a guy just to take him. Oh, we have a, oh we're looking for next year. You know, we have a left tackle. We're going to need a left tackle for next year. No, he's not looking at it like that. Can this guy help our team right now? You know, is there a guy who can beat out Makai Becton in this draft? And he felt like none of the, none of those guys were good enough. Okay. And, and if you're a GM, if you're the GM of the team and you feel that way and, and, you're, and, and you're a fan of the team, okay, Joe, I, mm-hmm. I, I trust you that your assessment is, is good and you feel like none of those tackles were good. Cool. I'm cool with it. As long as you get a guy who can contribute this year and make plays this year, then I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine with. It. I'm not worried about okay. two years from. Because because to, to be honest, if you're looking at it that way, shoot, 
you, you, we should have drafted a quarterback then. If you're looking at it that way, because we don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do from year to year, so you might as well go, you go and draft well, a quarterback, right? Here's the thing: is I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play here at least two years, right? At least two years. Now, even though we think that the okay. offensive line, and I think the offensive line is decent, there's still questions though. There's questions: if Dwayne Brown can stay healthy. You just talked about Mackay Becton; he ain't played in two years. So those questions at tackle would lead you to believe, like, hey, we got to have some type of young blood here, right? Just in case. Some type of young blood, especially going forward. That's just my thoughts on it. All right. Especially when we're talking yeah, about yeah. again, I mean, Seller and all them, it's, it's I'm totally talking about it's looking like again, if you listen to Seller, it's seeming like uh they love Dwayne Brown. And that Makai, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking at Makai probably being on that right side again. And if that's the truth, bro, because he's this, he's built it at stuff, Joe. That's why. Dwayne Brown is built at that stuff. That that oh, stuff where he could have packed it in and took his he could have took his $10 million, and he could have went home. But oh, you yeah. know what? He didn't. He stuck with it. He didn't complain. He didn't even have the season that he normally has, but he hung in there, and he went through the BS. And, you know, coaches like that type He better of be stuff, better man. this year. He didn't complain one bit. He better be better. He didn't complain one he bit. He better be better. He better. They can talk about all that, but he better be better this year than he was last year. Because I understand he played one shoulder, man. Injury. Bro, there was games last year where, whoa. <laughs> We're whoa, you know, yeah, what I'm saying? and yeah. I understand people are yeah. people are you know, it's kudos to his toughness and all that. But that was stuff last year was like whoa, and I'm telling you, we're gonna get yeah. tested. We're but gonna get you tested. Know, but I think a big thing played, as well. Play well too. And I think a big thing as well too is with Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. I think he's gonna be getting the ball out of his hands very quick. So that's gonna put a lot oh, yeah, less sure. stresses on the offensive line. So for sure, as we continue sure. on, right? As we continue on, we talk about a lot of different things, OTA, stuff like that, right? Listen here, there's not going to be a mini camp, okay? According to Sella, nothing. They're not going to do that, all right? They, they talked about, you know, training camp coming up. They're going to – I think they're, I don't know if they've uh, talked about the dates, but no mini camp. They, they, he doesn't want to tax the players, all right? But when I look at it, it's like, hey, no mini camp. You're, in, you're implementing a new offense. Well, not a new offense. It's, a, it's the same offense, but new offensive coordinator, different concepts, different kicks in the way that he does things. So it's kind of, you know, it's a new, new thing for them, right? You're trying to implement that. You've got new players here. Guys are trying to figure out their way. You've got rookies here as well, Titman being one of them, who we expect to take a significant spot here on this offense. A lot of people already have him pegged as the starting center. What are your thoughts about there being no minicamp? Well, all of these things we got moved and taken offensively. Are you concerned that it could hurt these young players? Oh, my goodness. Ooh, it's a terrible terrible idea. Talk about it, Monty. It's a terrible idea because if you're not going to have a physical minicamp, at least you can have a mental minicamp, meaning that guys can kind of get in that routine of going through practice habits and just walkthroughs and understanding how to play the game of football and and have a better relationship with your coaches understanding your players. The mini camp is more than just, you know, physicality and, and competing. It's more it's more than that. It's building camaraderie. So when you go to training camp, you hit the ground and and you're running. Yep. I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I don't think Salah is that good of a coach to be able to, you know, say, hey, we're not doing any type of of of, of, of mini camp, especially when you're coaching when you're coaching for your job. Like that is just a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. I don't care how physical the practice were were in those uh, uh, OTAs, man. You got to get guys in the building, and then also you got to think about this, man. There's a big dead period that's uh, 
that's yep. in, uh, in football, you know. And mm-hmm. when they when, when you have guys going to minicamp, they have to it's forcing them to, to be in shape, be engaged. You know, when when they don't have those mini camps, you're just allowing them to just find trouble, get lazy, things like that. You want to you know you want to kind of keep them focused, you know, players focused because mm-hmm. it's so easy just to say, hey, I worked out this summer, I'm just resting my body, getting ready for uh, you know uh, training camp. Because you know why? Because the coaches said so. You know, coaches wanted me mm-hmm. to get rest and stuff. Nah, you know, you it, you you don't have you don't have to um, have practice, uh, physical practice. Mm-hmm. Just get those guys in there, learn the playbook, learn each other, learn the game of football, preach what you want them to learn, and and just I don't know, it's it's just a bad idea, man, in my opinion. And uh, it can, it, it could, you know, backfire in the long run because that, hey, those, those first uh, couple of weeks in uh, in the regular season uh, aren't looking uh, too easy. So you oh, want to no. have people, oh, you no. want to have players mentally engaged and everything, man. And Listen, I don't know. <laughs> I, I keep telling people it ain't gonna be sweet. Okay, <laughs> I know. I mm-hmm. listen. We got Aaron Rodgers. I love it, but hey, listen, these teams this year, everybody. The eyes are on the Jets for sure, mm-hmm. right? We got what six mm-hmm. prime time games. It could be could be seven. I, I think we can they can flex out one of the games we have later mm-hmm. on the season as well. It could be seven prime time games. We are gonna be on the top of the list. All remember all the days, Monty, where they was like, oh, we ne-, where we were like, we never see the Jets on ESPN. They never play our highlights. We never hear about. Oh, we gonna hear right. about Jets, Jets, Jets all day and all night on every big sports network. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about, and there's a lot of people looking for the New York Jets to fail. And not only that, guess what? There's a lot of teams that are circling us on their schedule now. Not mm-hmm. because oh, they're bad; it's nope. because these are the dudes that's coming in that are good, and they're going to get all these teams that we think are trash. They're going to give us their best shot week in and week out because right, the right. Jets are coming. And Joe, the can, I, can I ask you coming, a question real quick? And my mama's going to be watching. Go ahead, go ahead, give me your thoughts. Right, right. Now, if we didn't have Aaron Rodgers, do you feel like he would be doing this right now. Who would be doing this? Uh, Salah? Salah. Do you think he would cancel minicamp? If no, he did not have because Aaron Zach Rogers. Wilson needs all the work that he can get. Exactly. <laughs> if Zach so Wilson was our starter, my he needs all the work we can get. I would right. think that he would. So my thing is, my thing is, is he, and this is just the way, the way that I picture it, I could be wrong, but I'm looking at it like this. He feels that we don't have to have minicamp because we have Aaron Rodgers. So that lets yeah. me know that he is not going to prepare the way in which he needs to prepare because he feels that I'm going to war with Aaron Rodgers each and every week. So mm-hmm. not not saying like he doesn't have to coach as or prepare as much. Mm-hmm. He's relying on Aaron Rodgers to get him out of a lot of stuff, get the get the players mm-hmm. out of a lot of stuff. And I don't think that's fair to Aaron Rodgers because, you know, I don't I, I feel like even though he can, I don't think you, you're supposed to put that kind of pressure on the players. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, you're supposed to coach as much as possible. And I feel that since he's canceling minicamp, that's what he's doing. He's putting all the pressure on Aaron Rodgers to get us out of all the, the, the bad stuff that we go through, 
and he doesn't have to do and prepare as much because he knows mm. I have Aaron Rodgers. I could be wrong, wow. but that's the way that, that I'm looking at it, and I don't think it's right for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's right for the team. And even the press conference that he had a couple weeks ago where he said he's oh, you know, it's only it's only a couple it's only a couple teams that can win the Super Bowl each and every year and uh I you know, every thirty two coach every coach uh in the thirty two says that we have a chance to win, but it's only six teams that actually have a chance and we and I feel that we we, we are that team. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Robert. I, I yeah, I, yeah, but is now you're talking a lot because you feel like Aaron Rodgers is just that is just that dude. And I get it. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is an amazing quarterback. But that still does not that still does not take away from the fact that you have to you have to do your job, players ready, to be able to hit the ground and, and run. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I, yeah, I, I just yeah. don't I just don't like what's going I just don't like what's going on with our coach right now. I think he's he's kinda of fanboying a little bit with uh with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and, and uh I, 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 I honestly man, honestly I don't I don't like it because I could tell you mm. I could tell you one thing. We were good we were good on defense last year. Hands down, we were good yeah. on defense. But yeah. you know, this year we're playing we're playing Patrick Mahomes, we're playing Justin Herbert. We're not playing yep. you know, uh Brett Rippin or any of those guys. So our defense mm-hmm. has to has to play at a higher level. The status quo, the the, the level in which we played with last year, is not going to cut it. Because I watch guys like Trevor Lawrence come in and shred us up. I watch guys like Joe oh. Burrow come in and shred us up. And, you and know, golf. we think that we just can just go out there and golf. We think that we can just go out there yeah. and just, you know, just play the way that we played last year. It's not going to cut it, man. It's not going to cut it. Yeah. And if they watch that film and they think that going against Justin uh, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes and all these good quarterbacks we, that we have, uh, Jalen um, uh, Jalen uh, Hurts, Jalen Hurts feels that that that's enough. Yeah, if he feels that that's enough, then he's sadly mistaken, man. The Jets got to step mm-hmm. their step their game up on defense a lot. If we plan on winning the Super Bowl, if we plan on competing, mm-hmm. we got to step it up. We got to step it up a lot because we got we got bailed out a lot with the schedule last year, and uh, yeah, we gotta we definitely got to take it up a notch. Yeah, I mean, we're, listen, we're gonna be playing the top teams, especially if we want to get to where we need to go. But I think a lot of it. Look, I, I'm not I'm not in love with the idea of not having a mini camp, especially because the young guys, the young guys need it, especially mm-hmm. guys like Pittman, especially you know, and not just the young guys, but just the guys that that got here, Nicole Hartman. You know, these are guys. Even Garrett, Garrett Wilson could use this. You're going in there. You got a new quarterback. You got Aaron Rodgers. And I understand the guys do the works behind the scenes. They're probably going to be in the facility anyway, just working. They're going to put things together. I'm very sure of it. Right? That we're just not going to know about. This happens all the time in the NFL. Guys sit at, you know, have study meetings and all kinds of stuff. But man, these young guys need the work. And I'm just wondering, you know, yeah. how this is going to hurt. But you got to all the work that they can get. Even if it's not physical, mental. No. The game of football mental. is yeah. mental. It's mental. And if you can <laughs> if you can learn as much as possible, you're going to play faster. Yeah. That's how it there's works, a lot of really, There's a lot of really slow-thinking athletic freaks, and they look crazy on the field. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of guys yeah, look that at the, think look faster than they move. They got, a bunch of, they got a bunch of slow guys on defense, but you know what? They're <laughs> mentally prepared so they can play faster. 
just got to be yeah, on that level, yeah. man. And I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid, man. Salah, yeah. Salah is uh is is not gonna get him playing at that at yeah. that level, man. Because remember, we said last year, man, the, the, when Mike Lafour was here, you know, this team is good. The team that we have is good, but it's up mm-hmm. to the coaching staff to be able to put us in the proper position. And yeah. now Somebody. it's on it's on solid now. It's on it's on solid to get these guys prepared. And him skipping out on this mini camp is not a mm-hmm. good look. It's not saying that we want to win the championship. It's cutting corners. Mm-hmm. It's not you you're not preparing for the grind <laughs> at all. So <laughs> Man, Listen, Mikey, I, I got a, I got a few minutes left, you know, because they be hating on me. Blog talk, we trying to shut your boy down. But quickly, I okay. want you to give okay. me your thoughts. I want you to give me your thoughts on Quentin Williams. There's a lot of talk. Uh, Sulla today talked about uh, them being confident that the deal is going to be done before training camp, and he's going to be back into, you know, the Jets' silly doing what he does and being the same guy mm-hmm. he was before the contract situation started mm-hmm. up. Quickly, give me your thoughts about things that have gone on with him. And uh, do you think that the contract will be done, or do you think that com- the seller's just being confident and putting positivity out there quickly? Uh, I think I think the uh, contract will get done. Um, I think Quinnen wants to be here. I think the the Jets organization wants him here. Uh, I think it's just kind of like minor things, probably like a year, an extra year or something like that, um, that they're probably haggling over, and they haven't put um, – they haven't put a real emphasis on uh, on getting getting the, the contract done because they were dealing with so many things with Aaron Rodgers restructuring. They're yeah. going to try to find the the um, money to be able to pay Quinnen. But if if I'm being yeah. honest, I think it's it's going to get done. It's, it's not it's not a problem. And if it doesn't get done, okay. if Quinnen, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know what the terms of the contract is. But I mean, me personally, even given you know, I understand how important Quinnen is to this defense. But to be honest, you want me to be 100% honest, giving the defensive tackle $25 million and he only plays 60% of the snaps is something, like, absurd. Um, but, wow. unfortunately, we're in a position, we're in a position where yeah. we need him. He's, a, he's, he's yep. really good at what he does. And, yep. you know, we can't really do anything. We can't really do anything about it because if we don't have him, we saw what the defense is without him, so we need him. So, you know, I feel like they'll get it done. Yeah. Another one. Quickly, before I let you go, Dalvin Cook, there's room mm-hmm. for him to the Jets, yes or no? Would, are you with it or are you not with it? I'm with it. I'm with it because I'm with it because okay. uh, you don't know what Brees Hall is, Hall is going to be next year. Um, mm. Man, running backs take a long time to kind of come back and become themselves from, uh, you know, ACL injuries. You don't want to put him in the position mm. where he, he feels like he has to rush back. Or, you know, even mm. if, let's say, even if he does come back and he's just not feeling himself – you know, you don't want him to be um, hear the booze. You don't want him to feel that uh, you know, like he's letting letting the fans down. No, you you got to bring a guy in here who you know has has experience, um, is dynamic. Um, he can relieve the pressure off Brees Hall to where he feel like he doesn't have to do as much. And he's you know, Dalvin Cook is just a, a, a amazing player. He he's only going to make your team better. And ten million dollars, mm-hmm. man, dude, that's that's nothing for a running back, you know. And okay. uh, Dalvin Cook in a in a Brees Hall tandem, oh my God, what? Okay, okay. Ooh, Listen, man. Monty, hold your breath. I got every single time. 
I'm telling you. I, I, all right. I hear you. I hear you. Good takes. Listen, it's always great to speak to you, Monty. I got to slide off. But I want everybody Sir. to remember that Monty was the guy that said that Jamal Adams wanted to be a Jet and was going to stay here. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I'm just saying, I remember that. Salute to you, Monty. Again, oh. I want to thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I want to hear mm-hmm. from you. I haven't talked to you in a minute, my friend. It's always good to talk to you. Oh, about yeah, yeah. For sure, man. Yeah. I, I've you, been busy lately, man, with the kid. I told you last time I talked to you, man, I had a little girl, man. So yeah. Kinda, and got congratulations, the three girls, man. Congratulations on busy. your child as well. Yeah. Congratulations on the child. I hope it's healthy, Take it happy, easy, man. enjoy yourself, man. All right. You have a good one. Monty loved Jamal Adams. I just want to let, I remind y'all of that, all right? We got to shut the show down. This is a hot show. Blog talks about to start hating. All right, I'm getting short on time. It's a two-hour show, okay? <laughs> Filled with fire, all right? Listen, I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love thinking about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also... Okay, on Twitter as well. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at the Long Beach Joe at the Long Beach Joe. Okay, personal page at Young J zero zero zero. Okay, go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times, man. All right, he's back, baby. He's gonna dominate fools this year. That's all I'm saying. If you want good offensive linemen, just go to SC. He can play every darn position across the line pretty much, right? Except for center. He didn't play center. But come on, we all know he can play center. He's serious, you know? That's what we do at SC. We produce winners. Fight on, all right? Also, you can catch my content on YouTube as well. Go on over to YouTube. Type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that notification bell, so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. Also, give the video a thumbs up, and if you want to troll me, get in those comments, and I'll go back and forth with you. And as always, when you see me in person, because you will see me in person, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. I want to thank you folks for taking the time out of the day to interact with your boy any way that you can, watching, uh, talking, salutes to all the savages in the chat. Everybody going back and forth. I want to thank you all. Without you folks, I'm asking nothing. Thank you for taking the time that I did to do all that. I also want to thank Michael Larson from the San Diego Jets Fan Club for coming on and spreading all the news uh, about what they do down there and how much fun they have. If you're in San Diego, get involved with those folks. You folks have a good one. Peace.